0: Are you looking for truth from God's word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: Okay, bye. The rest of, oh, I like that shape. So they come and now we settle in over this. Now that pastor leaves and here's the great caution to you. Is by subconsciously only allowing Scott to shepherd you with my shape instead of his shape if you got that say "Uh uh-huh all right that wasn't loud enough did you get that all right don't don't think that he now has to be a carbon copy of me in fact some of you are smiling right now and you know what you're saying I know it I can read your mind pastors go to that course to learn how to do that while they're preaching here's what you're thinking And I'm so glad he's not like Pastor Stan, you know. I know what you're thinking. Okay. So I want you to know, let Pastor Scott lead you. Watch this. With the sovereign shape that God made him, that you prayed for him to come here. He prayed to be here. He is God's man for you. And you just might miss something great. So give him that time. Last about the people to love on. There are people here. They really need you. There's a lady who's been coming to our church as frequently as she can. She works in the morning on the other side of the island. She jumps in her car. She gets here after maybe the singing and halfway through my message, but she rarely ever misses. She and her husband gave themselves to this island to people who were sick in the medical field and just tried to make life better for them. Her husband dies just about like that. She's left with now... An adult child living with her, who's mentally challenged, who is blind in one eye, who came to me last night up here afterwards and together Carol and I allowed her to just pour her tears on our, on our shoulders and said that her daughter now is going blind, it is blind in the other eye and has surgery tomorrow to try to give any bit of sight to this child. Who do you leave this adult child with, mentally challenged, blind, and still have to provide? And she's right here. How can you go somewhere else to go do something when you got someone right here that really needs you? She never said, Stan, make that announcement. Tell people to help me. She just says, oh, oh, and we prayed. I could sleep last night knowing that God will take care of her, and I pretty well slept knowing that you'll be there for her and it's not a one-time bringer a dish of food. It's going to take the rest of their lives. They're going to need constant help in some measure. Not total, codependence, all that stuff, but they need something. I'm thinking about a man who came by this week. He's a lion in our church. Been here longer than I have, 40 years in this church. was on the deacon board when I came. Took over the books in our church here. Wife is a sweet lady. For the early eight years I was here, she'd always remind me, every time I saw her, she'd look at me and say, You're here because of me. Remember that. You're here because of me. I prayed for you and I told people that you should be here. There were a couple of days I thought, Lady, who are you praying to? But anyway. But now I have to tell you, she has full blown dementia. She doesn't know her husband hardly at all, ever. Doesn't know me. She'll look at a magazine, but she doesn't even know she's looking at a magazine. This man says, I will not put my wife in extended care. I will take care of this lady. He needs you. We got a boatload of caregivers in this church that are taking care of parents that are now, health is so deteriorated. They need as much help as those people sometimes do. So why am I telling you that? If you really love one another, yeah, we would want to have the biggest church in the island of the country and be all over the magazines, but in reality... I would rather help a, a widowed mother take care of a blind adult daughter or a man who just faithfully loved on one another and now 24 hours a day has to take care of his wife. And they still come to church. And they still come here. Little masked. You wouldn't know it if you talked to them. I could go on with more. But God has left you people to love on. Let's go to number four. And that is God has given you a provision. This won't take very long in this one, but it's a very important one that God has provided for you. And I put to supply your needs. Philippians 4.19 talks about that. My God shall supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. And that's really said near a section where it talks about I learned how to have a lot, learn how to not have a lot, whatever it is, whatever I need to do. God supplied that need. And here's what I'd like to tell you. In our absence, when Carol and I leave, here's what you're left with. You are left with a church that is completely debt-free. That is very unusual to have a building on the Pali Highway with this land in a high-dollar area. The homes around here are a million, two million, I don't know, whatever. Whatever. And this church is debt-free. You don't have to have us come up every, we can't make the payment to the bank and they're wanting to renegotiate and all, and all that distraction about dealing with indebtedness. We don't have that here. I inherited the church debt-free. I didn't make this church debt-free. I inherited it. My job was to keep it debt-free and still do ministry. The second, though, was not only is it debt-free, but literally there's about a half a million dollars in the bank. When I leave, I didn't exhaust what money was there. When we leave, there's still that there. Now you might say, whoa, what do we do with all that money? That money is designated to do ministry, take care of needs for growth things, etc. cetera, but that's there so something can happen. You have that now to pray over to decide how the best use it to go on with God's plan and purpose in, in this ministry's life. But not only is it debt-free and that there's uh, money still there, What has God provided you with? Pretty good furnishings. Now, I know I'm going a little long today, but that's okay, you can't fire me. (laughs) But let me ask you this, aren't you glad you're not on an old wooden pew? Aren't you glad? And if you really want to be glad, aren't you glad you don't live in the days of the Puritans when all they had was a bench and those guys did preach for three hours? And the people didn't come to church in shorts either. They're all decked out in heavy-duty clothes. So again, you have furnishings. We've got technology going on here. Camera over here. Up on the third floor. This place is loaded with tremendous furnishings that the Lord has provided for you. Do they need to be maintained? Yep. Do we need to keep on improving? Yep, always do. But you've got enough to do ministry here very successfully. In addition to that, you have, I like this, you've got guest rooms. How many churches do you know have their building paid for, your own sense of place, as we say here in Hawaii, that also has guest rooms that almost anybody who needs them can use them within our framework of missionaries, Christian leaders. We've had some of the biggest Christian leaders stay in our guest rooms. Would you like to know who they were? Scott and Fiona, they stayed there. I think you haven't slept in the same bed with... A guy by the name of Dr. Norm Geisler, he also was here. So we could go on and on. So we have also those facilities. So God has provided that for you, giving you spiritual leadership. But he also has given you a legacy of sound doctrine. When Paul was saying goodbye to the leaders of Ephesus, he reminded them that there will be false teachers in the midst and false teachers that will come into the midst of the people. Wolves, he actually called them. Why do I worry about that for you all? I don't worry that you haven't been taught the light in truth. What I am concerned about, you ready for this? Listen, this is true. At night, if you turn a light on, what does it attract, everybody? Bugs, okay? So when you're the light, people are going to come to that light. But when they come, they'll be hurting, have habits and hang-ups and all of that. But often they have their own view of God and sometimes they over own their view of God that's incorrect and they bring that in with them and of course if it's not correct that means they're gonna wobble with their connections with you all and probably even knowingly or unknowingly try to pollute you and turn you into one of their bugs all right now so what do you do shut the light out you'll never have a problem with having those people come in I don't want to do that I want to turn the light on but I also want to make sure I have the proper screens and I can work with those people to help them to really grow and to train them we did that when we came. We taught the leaders of this church a doctrine course so that they would be sound in doctrine. You've got people right in this church that's embedded, knowing that it could come in. We want to make sure that people are taught sound doctrine, that we're protected with sound doctrine. So you're being left with a provision of sound doctrine. You're left with a healthy mission family. None of our missionaries are suffering. A bunch of them are getting ready to retire, but they're not suffering. We've added missionaries. It's healthy mission vision here. Here's one that I like. You are not being left with a scandal. Have you ever been a part of a church when the pastor was not there on Sunday and you expected him and the leader of the board came up and read a letter and indicated their pastor was gone because of fill in the blank? I'm glad that none of you had that scandal. I'm glad we haven't had that scandal. So you've been provided, watch this now, with a good reputation. Proverbs 22, 1 says that a good reputation, a good name is more valuable than all the wealth that you can have. So we may not have the cleanest, best, brightest building. We may have a parking lot that should be repaved, and I hope you do that soon. We should take care of some of these windows and a few things with what we have here. We should be able to hire some more staff. I get all that, but I'm telling you one thing that you do have that's worth more than all of that. You do not have to overcome a failure in its leadership. And I'm not just saying me for all of us. And uh, don't be so cocky. It could happen any time. I was in a church when it did. But just thank God for that. Let me leave you with the last one. And that is you've been given a person to remain with you. I want to come full circle to that. That's a very important truth that God has given you someone He's given you someone to lead you in this church through the godly leadership that he's given to you. But he's also given someone that will never leave you. Uh, I know you appreciate the leadership. I also think some of you appreciate Stan and Carol. I'm not trying to puff ourselves up. I'm just trying to let you know that on an individual level, we minister to some of you, not just from our leadership influence, just one-on-one. I'm saying that now to say this. Whether it's leadership influence or one-on-one with you, folks, we are going to be gone. I know it was a slap in the face, but we are going to go. But that's okay. Because the Lord says, I'll never leave you. He won't leave the leadership. He will not leave you. He will always be with you. And what do you get? He's given you God the Father. God the Father does two primary things. Number one, he will provide for you. Maybe through the church, maybe in some special way, but whatever need you have, it's a genuine need, he will provide for you. He will not give you your greed He will give you your need. The second thing that God the Father will do, he will protect you. He's protected me when we had a deranged man try to come in to kill me. He protected me when that same man came back Sunday. And he got into the building, he was playing the piano with the children. He wasn't acting deranged, he was just strange in there. Found out about it, sent our guys to go look for him, couldn't find him. Next thing we found found him was hiding underneath Carol's desk waiting for her to come and sit to do whatever he wanted to do. We had to haul him out of here. You might say, where was God? All over the place. Nobody got hurt. A little bit of action here, you know. People want to come back next week to see what happens, you know, that kind of thing. But on the reality of it all, God took care of us. God provides. Then you have God the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? Primarily, he is to give you power and strength to do what God calls you to do. He's going to give you wisdom to guide you as you lean into his word, you go with the guys together with the promptings as you pray and sense his spirit. And then also he's going to give you comfort. So there will be times of loss. I think one of the more painful times for our loss will not be so much when we leave. Are you ready for this? This is, this is real. Our greatest sense of pain will be when one of you all dies and we can't be there to comfort the family. I want you to remember us when God calls some of you home and we've got some senior saints here. Maybe through accidents, injury, I don't know. But when you go and I'm not here, Carol and I will feel that loss tremendously of not being there. If we didn't, then we, we weren't worth being here to start with. And don't call us back to come. You let us know. We'll pray with you over the phone. But your pastor is Scott. And then you have God the Son. I want to leave you with God the Son for this reason. What has God left you with? The Son. He has left you with the good, the great, and the cheap shepherd. So as long as Pastor Scott is filled with the fullness of God, walks by means of the Spirit, abides in the Word of God, which is the written Christ, loves Him with all of His heart, soul, and mind, He will love you with that compassion. I really want you to know that you've got the greatest under-shepherd of the good great and chief shepherd and what makes God so great the spirit so comforting and Jesus Christ so wonderful is that Jesus Christ died on the cross it's not just that bloody sacrifice he died there and while he was dying with the kindest of eyes he looked at the world to the future and the past he saw in the present even the thief on the cross when that thief looked at him he said I don't I don't know what you're doing. I don't deserve this. And Jesus says to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then he looks down at these other guys and says, they don't know what they're doing. God loves you. He went to the cross. He died a complete death for you and your sin. And he rose again. And that by faith alone in him, you could have everlasting life. So if I could leave you with anything, it would be, would you place your faith alone In Christ, so you could have eternal life. You do that simply by trusting Him. Now, that's my message. Now, I need to say thank you. And I'd like to have my wife come up at this time. And I just want her to stand with me. Maybe if she wants to share something, she's welcome to. I I always defer to her. She shares a lot. This won't be long, but I need to thank you and the Lord publicly for what you've done. And I wanted you to know that Carol and I, we've served you here together. And that's why when I speak, we're speaking together as one heart and I love her with all my heart we want to thank you for your love for us I had to make notes because I know this, this would really because we really didn't deserve all that love we know our mistakes and our weaknesses we know the times that I said oh, I wish I didn't say that I wish I did this I should have gone there and I didn't I beat myself up every Sunday after I preach a message and I drive home and I say oh that was too long And Carol says, yes, it was. (laughs) But how is that love that I thank God for from you described? And I've described it this way, for your loyalty. You were loyal to us by you were patient with us. You were patient, allowing us the time to get to know your culture when we came to the island. You were patient with us when we wanted to do some wild and crazy things, but you never gave up on us. There's a lot of things we could have done that you could have said, I don't like you. I'm going somewhere else. And there are people that have. But you said, no, 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 I'm not going to give up on Stan and Carol just yet. I know that God's not finished with him. I know that if I wait on the Lord, God will turn Stan around. And he did. And sometimes you waited on the Lord to turn me around. And how many of you did he turn you around? And so together we all got in the unity room. The next is I want to thank the Lord for, well, for the fact that you are teachable you allowed me to teach I know I did long but you can't deny that I also went deep and you stayed with me some people said I don't want that I feel like I'm in a Bible college class that's fine go on somewhere else three points poem and a hula that's fine but I'm going to preach this way and some of you really put up with it you might have gotten half of that message but you stayed with it and I thank you that you allowed me to speak into your life I consider that a high honor that you would I also want to thank you for your kindness. We arrived here, I arrived in July, Carol arrived in August, there was a flood here in October, our belongings arrived in September, they were in the fellowship hall, the flood wiped this all out, it wicked up through all of our cardboard boxes, messed up all of our belongings. That very day, we started cleaning up all of this, on Monday there was a battery of women that came, took our clothes and whatever we had and started washing our stuff out the best they could with that poison water that we had. And then there was a family in this church that says, we're going to put that stuff in a storage room. You paid for that for a couple of months. It got too much. How could you pay that? You're willing to, but I said, no, no, it's too much money. We brought it back, put it up on the second floor and the same group of people came and there's a lady sitting in here today that helped us do that. We will never forget her for how she led that team of women that did that. How you cared for Carol when she had cancer twice. And um, not so much for the food that you brought, although you are good cooks, but for the fact that You loved on her. You gave her her privacy, but also were there when you needed her. You comforted her. You encouraged her. And um, she's completely cancer-free today. So I thank you for your kindness. I thank you also for your openness, for allowing us to launch some new ministries that were here. Launching the No Fright Kids Night, the Night of Delights, the fact that we brought in the trolley, and a few other things that we did here. Relaunched Awana again. And I thank the Lord that you allowed and you were open for us to do that. I want to thank the Lord for your trust. How do I thank you for that? I have felt all along that I needed to earn your trust. Every morning I would wake up literally and, and think of you and saying, I hope I don't lose the trust of the people. You can take my staff, you can take the building, but I don't want anyone to take your trust in me. So I saw it as a fragile confidence you had in me and that at any moment I could break it. Yeah, you're to love me, love Carol, free. Love is free. But respect and trust needs to be earned. And I don't know how much I did that, but I thank you how that you, by faith, trusted us. And we will take that trust. No pastor had a greater trust of people than we've had with you. And then your support how you supported us on the mission trips when we wanted to go to China and we wanted to help Rick in Singapore and other parts of the world and didn't have enough and we said whatever you can help us whatever you can't we'll take care of and you guys always stepped up to do that we have never felt in want as a pastor when we need a little extra I could do a little stuff on the outside you let me do that but you've always provided for us you were generous to us we never felt like living on the island that we lived in poverty or shame I want to thank you for that I want to thank you that you supported Make It Clear Ministries. Now, the church didn't do it corporately, so those of you, I want you to know that. Not as a negative, but the people did. And so that's why we could be on the radio for so many years. I thank the Lord for Paul and others that helped us transition to that radio program. And then the devotional booklet. So thank you for your support to be able to do that. I want to thank you for accepting us, warts and all. You know, I'm not a great speaker. And I struggle sometimes with self-esteem and all of that. I don't play well. I don't mean I get angry. I just don't play well. You know, so I don't play well. Carol plays real good. I just don't play well. And you've allowed me to do that. The last thing I'd like to say is I want to thank you for releasing us to go do what we're doing. I struggled for a while about this transition out because I was afraid that you guys would just go nuts. And you didn't. Yeah, you, 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 you handle it biblically, it was, it was a loss, a sense, but there was also a sense of excitement for Scott. And yet I never felt like, Woo, thank God and Greyhound, Stan and Carol are gone. You know? I didn't feel that way. I did feel like that you said, you know, Stan, we would like you to stay. We'll do everything we can. You can come here in your old age, we'll have a we'll have a rocking chair for you, you know, we'll, we'll do it. but if you need to go, we're gonna let you go. And I'm also glad you didn't just release us like Goodbye, and now you went on with your new toy. You kicked us to the side of the road. I felt like you did more than that. Last night's honor was way, way beyond what it should have been. The fact that you've been careful with us through this transition to make sure none of our feelings were hurt, because some pastors, they get hurt over that. You never did that with us, never once. You've allowed, with Pastor Scott, the freedom to say and to do the things that we needed to do. And the other thing that excites me is how many of you said, where are you going? What are you going to do? We want to be a part of that too in some measure. So it's like you're releasing us, but you're also going with us. You're releasing us to do the things and and together we go. And so I want to thank you for that. So I love every single one of you and all that you've taught us for whatever we do in the future, I think we'll be better because of you. I'd like to pray. Can we pray? Our gracious Heavenly Father, I leave this great faith family here with your love and your grace and your mercy. I thank you that they have the word of God that has been taught, the gospel has been presented frequently and clearly. And that Father, that there's no reason that it would change. I also thank you that as the lid is now being removed, that these people can jump further than they've ever jumped before. I thank you that, Father, that there's fresh air, fresh wind, a fresh drink of water now at the pulpit, in the meetings and privately in the homes, and that Father, that the excitement would only continue to build upon that which was already built in the foundation. And I thank you what was given to me when we came, that we didn't have a totally broken ministry. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless these people. And I pray that if there's anyone that's listening to me today that has not yet received the assurance of their salvation that they would right now know that you love them and you said that if they would place their faith in you alone without their good works, just faith in you, that you would fully forgive them and they would have eternal life forever in heaven. And that they would even use today is that as we're going out, they're coming in because of their faith in Jesus Christ. So I pray for that. I pray for Pastor Scott and Fiona that Lord you'll continue to fill them with the fullness of God and that the people would love them as much as they have loved us and support them and allow them to be open and that father that you will do great things in their world in their ministry I pray that this church would be one of the greatest brightest lighthouses in all of Hawaii all of the US and perhaps the world that's a big prayer but as we begin with the song oceans it's the faith to stretch we ask that father so that lord you would be loved correctly. You would be worshipped completely and that all others would be loved compassionately. In your name we pray. Amen.